0: Every word in that film is not just a word, it's a direct transmission, Mm -hmm. and it um, came through me because I walked it, I lived it, but not by giving birth, but by birthing myself, Mm -hmm. basically. And understanding what happens when you don't do that, when, when you don't... Allow everything to just shed off of the surface until just the bare core is left.
1: That's Elena Tonetti Vladmirova, and this is the Rain Studios podcast.
2: Hey! Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Rain Studios podcast. I am your host, Rain Reed, and I am delighted to bring you today's episode. Um, Elena Tonedi Vladmirova, a native of Mother Russia, is here sharing a extra incredible conversation that I just cannot express how divine it feels to be releasing at this moment given the current conflict. Um, happening in Russia and Ukraine. Um, As you listen to Elena, she has created one of the most um, integral, uh, eye-opening reminders in the form of a film of what birth actually is. The film is called Birth as We Know It. I can't recommend it more for anyone on the planet to watch this film and start reconditioning, rewiring, remembering our true nature with birth. Um Elena does share with us her um the birthing practices in Russia um and it is extremely um Poignant, and sort of, it's like the arrow that points to what is going on right now. Is when, when we have societies that have very disturbing um, birth practices, it brings out the sort of terror in people. And I recognize that that's a bold statement, but it's true. Um, I, I I know it deeply um, on a personal level. I also, uh, I know it deeply on an, on an everyone level. It's um, it, the divine transitions in our lives, birth, death, and procreation, bringing other humans into the world. These are some of the highest forms of transformation that we go through in this realm. And if they are treated with reverence and respect and support and love and uh, trust, intimacy, it will give you a person who has respect and trust and intimacy. If we disturb tremendously and create trauma in the birthing practices, this will create disturbed and traumatized people. It's actually very simple. So Elena goes into this in depth in our conversation um, also, I just can't recommend watching her film, Birth As We Know It, enough. Links to the film will be in the show notes. And if you do choose to watch it, watch it multiple times because reconditioning takes a while. Um, you know, we've been shown these um, visuals and these storylines about birth in the past, I don't know, say 60 to 100 years that have been just devastating, just making birth look like nothing but horror, and Elena's film is here to remind us that that is just not the case. Uh, my own experience of my own birth, of my own child, also was not the case. It was a beautiful and divine and amazing um, experience that I, that I just wish and hope that any woman wanting to give birth will consider her, her truth, her power. All right, so without further ado, this is Elena tonetti Vlad Mirova.
3: So this is a funny story. I was in the parking lot um, here in Eugene with a fellow birth worker friend of mine, shout out Sarah Robinson. And she had this box of like birth gear, if you will, but most of it was like books and DVDs. And this had been given to like pass to her from Kristen Hendricks, who's been on the podcast actually who'd been passed to her by i think christy Pellissier. so it's like a midwife to midwife to midwife here in eugene and literally out of probably 75 pieces of material like you know promotional birth material i was just called to the birth as we know it dvd and i was like oh can i take this and Sarah was like, yes, of course. Would you like anything else? And I was like, no, this is perfect. And I don't know what that was about. But when I got home, I was just so eager to watch it. And the movie changed my life. The film changed my life. And I think that it changes the lives of anyone who watches it. Um, so I would just like to thank you, I guess, here on the platform as um, the creator of this film and all of the women and men and babies who are in the film and the dolphins in the film. Um, and just that that that's actually the catalyst that brought us together. And then of course you're of Russian descent and born in Russia. And so I had the faintest idea that you would be living about three hours south of me. And that just feels also um, so serendipitous. And I've been trying to get there to see you and it will happen but now with the, with the power of this Masha as my son calls it, um, we are getting to have this conversation now. So many things from me and all of those um, you know, lives you've transformed from the creation of your film. Um, and welcome to the podcast. My pleasure. <laughs> so we were just wrapping before we hit the record button about where to begin. And I am just being called um, to to ask you the birth of your daughter story, which is, that was like where I really wanted to start. And Elena has warned me, everyone, that it's going to be a long story, but that's why we love the podcast format because our listeners, like, I mean, I have multiple episodes that are over two hours, so please don't hesitate.
0: (laughs) Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Okay. Okay. Well, as I found out um, in the work I'm doing is that the way I gave birth to my daughter started with the way I was born, Mm -hmm. because it turns out it's all very interconnected. And the way I was born is very much grounded in the way my mother was born. Mm -hmm. And the story behind it is nothing but trauma, nothing but complete and utter absence of anything supportive. Lack of love being the main piece. There was like, nobody even considered loving. It was the time of pure survival. It was World War One, World War II, the Russian Revolution, Bolsheviks, starvation, um, just, Constant threat of Mm -hmm. the very existence, um, on top of you know malnutrition and inhumane living conditions and all of that. So, the way I was born was basically the most torturous way anybody can be born. Um, I was stuck in a birth canal for three days while my mother was strapped naked to a steel table on her back and being basically abused and called names and slapped and kind of like (laughs) with um, angry disheartened nurses and and uh, um, she was not fed she was not allowed to like change position relax, kind of feel um, like a human being and that was not specific to her that was the rules that's how it was in Soviet birth houses even the fact that there was another like 20 women in the same room trying to give birth screaming yelling it's um, just when she's telling me stories about my birth my hair literally goes straight up on my hand because uh, it's not clear to me, literally, like, how is it possible to even survive that? Um, And the worst part began when I finally managed to get out of uh, her breast canal, uh, the placenta turned out that it grew into her spine. She was one of those Russian gymnasts mm. and her abdomen muscles were so strong that placenta kind of enveloped the vertebrates and kind of spilled in the back of the spine. So when placenta wasn't being born, wasn't being born, the nurse yanked it on so hard that she... Uh, ripped it, half of it was dangling on the umbilical cord, and the second half, they had to manually scrape out of her, Um, and that um, uh, pool uh, actually broke two of her vertebras, Mm -hmm. so she was in pain for the rest of her life, uh, in, in like severe, severe, she's still alive, she's almost 90, Uh, But since the day of giving birth to me, she was suffering severe stenosis and and horrible pains of like. So uh, my own birth trauma informed me. uh, And of course, I was um, taken away right away. I first saw my mother five days afterwards as per traditional childcare in Soviet birth house, when the babies were fed sugary water with tranquilizers for the first five days before the -hmm. mother would even see the baby because of course, the mother was in shambles, she needed um, time to like, come to her senses. But um, at this point, nobody thought of the well being of the baby. So the babies were like 100, 200, however many were born, were all in the same room screaming or mainly not screaming because um, sugar with dimedrol, that was the formula to keep everybody quiet. It, um, it was really, um, I think the situation in Soviet Union is greatly attributed to the decades of that kind of birth practices, when when the extreme abuse is upgraded to the status of norm and the formative experience of being in the body is nothing but sensory overload, disorientation, dissociation, uh, lack of anything, uh, proper you know warm breast milk connection with anything with anybody never mind the mother so when when i uh, learned in the 80s about how critical that time of life is basically from the moment of conception through the few, first few years of life I looked around. and It's like, oh, this is why we have such a big mess on our hands. Well, let's just change it.
3: You know, <laughs> that's a very resilient, uh, a resilient. I mean, l- life wants to live, right? I mean, the fact that you're alive. I mean, I can't even. I can't even fathom the story that you just told me. You know.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh... And of course, then by the time a, a woman sees her baby, the, the milk's gone sour in her breasts, and it's mastitis, it's just excruciating pain to try to put that nipple in the baby's mouth. And and it's like um breastfeeding is a torture, and you know, who knows what what we had instead of breast milk at that time. It, it's it's just gross barbaric disgusting i i uh, who
3: decided that that's
0: what a birth house should be i wish i could look him in the eye because it was definitely some dude <laughs>
3: <laughs> i mean you would definitely take somebody who knows who has that yeah i mean it have it would have to be a male and and you know, and I say on this podcast all the time, I'm not a man hater. I love men. I, you know, they're the other part of the, uh, they're the other half of the equation. Um, but it's so true. Like you know, in any embodied mother, I'm actually so glad that we started with that story. I mean, I'm recovering, crying over here from just you know, hearing that. But yeah, it needs to be heard. The, yeah. you know, like, I don't, and, and, and like, there's no, because I think any mother or any woman, really, any womb carrier listening to that story is going to feel it. And like, you know, like you said, on every hair of our arms or of our outer epidural layer, but also like deep into the bones, like that story penetrates so deeply. And it's just, and it's so wrong. I, and I really try not to use the words right and wrong but like it's, it's against every law of nature.
0: Yeah, just... well, uh, uh, to complete the picture, to <laughs> uh, mention that uh, the birth house was a dedicated um, place where also um, all the abortions were happening on the first floor. It's like the first floor line of abortions consisting of hundreds of women standing in line like around the block. The second floor is labor and delivery and the third floor is all the babies were stored there for five days and. uh, Abortion was the only form of birth control in Soviet Russia and the average amount of abortion in my mother's generation, it was 21 per woman. Done without anesthetics. So it's like, you can't even begin to imagine the trauma the uh, associated with that place, the the even like, for the rest of my life that I was a small child, if my mom needed to go down that street, she would take an extra mile to not go down that street. Mm -hmm. It's like even walking by that building was traumatic for her because she was not exception and um, she knew you know all the screams that are coming from the first floor mm. and uh, terrified women standing in line and um, it's just a, a house of tears it's a house of torture it's a house of great That's still happening? No, um, actually, I'm not in Russia for 32 years at this point, and I am not sure of the situation, but I know that there is availability of anything and everything in Russia, but for a lot of money. And that is um, accessible for maybe 25-30% of people that would go into great length and, you know, in great debt to have access to all of that. But the rest of the um, country, 70% roughly, would be still at the mercy of traditional birth house. Uh, I heard that it's no longer five days because um, they just don't have enough facility to keep everybody five days. It was three days for about a decade. And now I think it's down to one or two days of keeping the mother and the baby uh, separately mm-hmm. in the hospital. But it's still the mm-hmm. attitude, the basic demeanor of... of that place and the nurses, it's like, it's handing down uh, that callous, harsh, unkind way of treating, delivering women. I have no idea. Well, I do, you know, I do have idea about why and how that happened, it's just, and now it's just a habit, mm-hmm. so when, when you're running on survival mode, when reptilian brain is the only kind of governing agency, then compassion is not really part of the equation, it's mm-hmm. just, um, you know, there is no way of relating to other people's pain and needs and even desire to know that other people have needs. It's Mm -hmm. kind of, um, I don't know. But the interesting thing is that when I was there um, unfolding into active conscious human being, Mm -hmm. In my late teens and early 20s and throughout the 20s, Mm -hmm. I met such amazing, deep people, incredibly well-educated, balanced, harmonious, um, very, very... um, Big-hearted.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like the connections that oh, we've made in those days—they're still alive. I'm not even there for 32 years, but we're on Skype on Zoom, and we just pick up right where we left off. The the depth of connection, the warmth of sense of belonging—it never um, went away. It, mm-hmm. it, there is this bond that can only come from deep understanding that it's precious,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and that is basically the only value that a human being can have.
4: Yeah.
0: The, the connection with another human being.
4: Yeah.
0: And um, all my best friends, uh, you know, we love each other, and Stay connected together. with see each these other. Are
3: like these are the fellow women in the film.
0: Yeah, um, the film was already made in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So uh, the they are my <laughs> my early twenties were you know late seventies and right, right, right. <laughs> <20s>.
3: <laughs>
0: then it, and it was more like um I'm talking about my peer level and then it was already people I worked with so it's they're more like um, still my girls but more like in the category of my children
3: yeah <laughs> So, so somehow, yeah. like yeah so out of that unbelievable unfathomable traumatic entrance into this world you became then an actress right that was
0: right and that's a big question why is it that i didn't get broken even though there was a lot of chances to get broken but well, and I'm sure I'm carrying. Um, I, I am carrying all the scars and and all the uh, signs of the trauma. Mm. But somehow I managed to um, like to to develop alternative routes. The way I navigate my nervous system mm. to um, be functional and efficient and. Um, actually love my life and enjoy it and um, and do everything I ever wanted to do. Um, but um, it wasn't like, oh, you know' that's, I'm just gonna ignore all the trauma. No, it was a journey.
3: Yeah.
0: it was a journey and it was even a journey to understand that there was, trauma-informed behaviors that I was engaged in, a lot of um, patterns, emotional patterns that were deeply rooted in in the, the childhood. You know, the, the, where the birth comes from, that's just one piece, but then the whole childhood in this very, very lonely, oppressed, uh, community where I didn't even see my parents because um, I was given to government child care facility as everybody else and um, saw my parents only late in the evening when they came to pick me up and feed me and put me to bed and just um, I was never really talked to or held kissed no snuggling no no real sense of um, belonging to the family so that was a very lonely life I basically didn't have any friends and I never witnessed friendship mm-hmm. until something else kicked in 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 my teens when all the other aspects of me started stirring up and, and um, it kind of Coming forth into interplay with with other people,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but it was basically a very lonely uh, formative period, and I had absolutely no concept of connecting and loving and and feeling supported. Right. Um, so, by the time I got pregnant, uh, I was thirty one, and um, it was that moment, it was <laughs> a very intense two months of my life when I got pregnant at the, at the same time, I received an invitation to come for a very short trip to America. Hmm. And um, I said, yes, and all the, um, the the adventure was set in motion. With getting my visa, it, that's like a, a, could be a big movie about um, wow. the, the the incredible unlikeliness of that mm-hmm. happening because it was '89. It was the time when a Russian person couldn't even talk to a foreigner on the street uh, or be arrested for, you know, owning foreign currency or um, just. It, it was still um, Cold War, KGB, it was (laughs) all very real. And, um, there was this, uh, uh, American scientist, John Lilly, that came to Russia for a couple of weeks to study with us. And he, um, in kind of instigated a situation where I could come, um, to America to like for a short trip. And um, it's a very long story, but I'll try to, like, jump over it. um, Take um, your time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And um, to make a very long story shorter, um, I arrived on Halloween night of 89, um, thinking that it would be a short trip. And uh, a week later, the whole Eastern Bloc collapsed. Um, I don't know if you remember those days, but there were tanks at the Red Square. There was like upheaval. It was not clear if the big civil war will erupt again. And all my friends were kind of waving their arms at me and yelling like, don't come back, yeah. stay back. You know, <laughs> it's like, I don't know what's gonna happen here. And to complete the picture, Uh, having said that I didn't really have any money because Russia allowed, um, the the allowance for visiting foreign countries was $200. And my visa expired and I didn't know anybody. Right. um, I didn't speak any English. I um, was in LA uh, just like on a guest visa and all of a sudden I got this s- stranded. Um, s- s- I got stranded, you know, yeah. <laughs> stranded in America. Oh, yeah. And my oh. t- I still had my ticket back, but it was in uh, two months. Oh. And I realized that I can't actually stay where I was meant to stay mm-hmm. when I arrived uh, the situation there was not safe and um i literally got stranded in between and on top of everything i was pregnant oh my god and uh, like beginning like you're in like did you have
3: any like morning sickness kind of stuff happening no, or you no. were
0: so,
3: so much other energy
0: going on you like exactly <laughs> like, exactly was there was so much uh, happening but uh I had a very strong um, body, very resilient and um, kind of uh, amazingly healthy for the, given the situation that, um, you know, my, my formative period. But um, my mom was a gymnast and my dad was one of those Russian super athletes, um, like, that super alpha male that, uh, I had really good genetics. So, um, I <laughs> was really, Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I, it's like, oh, so much of this
3: is like making sense now. I'm like, Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it, it was very intense that, that moment of, um from the moment I arrived to America, actually.
3: Did you really was... know? Did you have like a knowing that you weren't leaving?
0: No, no, I arrived literally with a toothbrush in my pocket <laughs> in a somebody's sweatpants actually, because by the time from the time of invitation to the time that I actually got there, it was two and a half months. Whoa. And a uh, few days before my flight, all of a sudden, I couldn't fit into any of my jeans. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was all the clothing that I had. Wow. So I I literally came in a sweatpants with a toothbrush in my pocket and a couple underwear and, and like a couple tops because... I didn't have anything all my clothes was really kind of fitting right. <laughs> for change,
3: thing. i guess like right like in like the birth work world you just be like well your body was doing that thing where it like starts to be pliable and malleable and making space yeah. for the new being you were making space for this whole new trajectory right. right
0: so here i thought it would be you know just a in and out but um, knowing Russia, in knowing how quick, you know, when Russian Revolution happened, it happened literally overnight when um, an established, um, very beautiful way of life that Tsarist Russia was offering. Well, you know, there were a lot of misery too but it was very established and reliable and and kind of predictable and traditional it kind of you can you knew where you belong yeah and literally within a month it was completely completely destroyed and 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 russian history is very known to russian people so when some when when things start going like card house falling down like domino effect people just go into this um very um very um specific overdrive when you have to be ready for anything and I chose to find a way of staying in the U.S. instead of going back. Um, sometimes I start thinking what would have happened to my life if I did use that return ticket. And yeah, that's a huge fork in the but, road. Yeah. Wow. But uh, here I was pregnant in the U.S. Um, friendless, homeless, moneyless. Visa expired. right away. Yeah, what were you doing? How did you do this? <laughs> well, I, I, I am. Um, you know, my next thing on my um, on my list is writing a book, and that would be a very interesting. Story, oh, I wait. how i survived and what happened and and the the steps i had to take mm. to literally re write my script mm. you know to just create a new reality for myself you know now it's kind of a buzzword and you hear all the um influencers mm. Um, speaking those words create your own reality Um, but in those days in 89 I actually had to invent how to create your reality because Ah, mine was not very nice
3: (laughs) this is blowing my mind I mean I knew this was going to blow my mind but I'll tell you this was not what I was expecting I am wow so you didn't have your baby in with the dolphins
0: no i didn't have my baby in the dolphins in fact i am so far from being a poster child for everything it was by then it was seven years that i've been working with conscious birth movement and assisting other women to have those beautiful births in the black sea and i knew uh, you know what 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 to do what not to do and my own trajectory was I manifested everything I was telling people not to do. It's like (laughs) a cosmic irony that um, sometimes I grieve it, but most of the time, you know, 99% of the time, I accept and I just harvest all the lessons that I learned and uh, when I learned to bounce from no matter how low I, uh, my initiations took me, mm. the process of bouncing back and finding my way up mm. actually became what I call now birth into being method. What I was... Um, narrating as a script of the film. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: It was basically um, every word in that film is not just a word, it's a direct transmission. Mm -hmm. And it um, came through me because I walked it, I lived it, but not by giving birth, but by birthing myself, Mm -hmm. basically and understanding what happens when you don't do that. When when you don't allow everything to just shed off of the surface until just the bare core is left to be a guiding guiding, um, principle. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: And uh, uh, until the unshakable, Knowing of the benevolence of this universe really ascends in every cell of the body and becomes um, the best protective power and the best guiding principle. So well said. Yeah,
3: I mean. Yeah, you're just transmitting all the time. Um, It's amazing. The film, so I guess for a moment, like, so this is totally always, I mean, I want to let you know that my story, while it is not, certainly not the same, I wasn't born in Russia, you know, uh, but we have actually quite a similar, like, kind of a parallel, actually. Um, We will do. of course we all do yes um i too like so my my course is called rebirth and your work is very inspirational to this course that i'm teaching and the flagstone or like you know the keystone the the first the entry point to working with me is watching your film so and then about halfway through around 20 weeks and they watch the editor's version you know and so getting both and i And I highly recommend watching it over and over and over and over again um, because it was very apparent to me. And now that we're getting to speak about it, it's, you know, so clear um, just how deliberate every single word in the film is, um, and which is why it's such a gift, um, just
0: Yeah, it, it's um, it, it didn't stop there because then by the time I was ready to give birth, I ended up living in a, a yoga ashram um, that kind of adopted me and you know gave me shelter, gave me um, a beautiful place to live and be and eat and it was safe and it was. Uh, you know, nice. They dressed me. They um, got rid of those sweatpants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, they gave me some clothes and food, and and um, it's. Uh, I am forever grateful for the um, that space. But when it came time to give birth, and there was even a a bathtub that was there, a jacuzzi for me to give birth. Um, But what happened was that um, the whole situation of me basically crying every day and and not being able to talk to anybody because I didn't speak English yet, I could pretend that I was like, it was really hard to, to be completely, like, dumb in any given situation. So I would just figure out, read body language and facial expression and nod in the right places. And and I could understand. I learned languages pretty uh, quickly. So at some point, I was understanding pretty well, but I still couldn't speak. And... um and they didn't really understand the, 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 the degree of my isolation and despair, basically, how difficult it was for me. Because I was watching uh, on the news the, the tanks in the Red Square and mm-hmm. knowing that my friends are throwing their themselves under the tanks. And, you know, how people are just starving. Nobody is being wages, it's like the whole, everything I knew, my world collapsed and, and I was so alone. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of the fact that right before my flight, the father of the baby decided that he didn't want to have a baby. And um, it kind of, um, I catapulted into like the, the, this new reality completely alone. Um, we got together and, and on the premises that we won't have, that it wouldn't be um, part of our relationship. And it was their original birth trauma speaking in both of us. It, it was actually my stance that um, multiplying is not a, uh, a virtue you know the the, the multiplying misery is wow. not a virtue that was my my uh, official attitude towards wow having babies wow. because of my own pretty tragic childhood mm-hmm. um i couldn't understand why people have children
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so the universe is like Ooh. right
0: You understand now? Yeah. Then, after working with um, the Conscious Birth Movement for seven years and witnessing unbelievable um, beauty and power Mm -hmm. of all of that, I something in me opened up. Yeah. But I never went through the program. You know, Uh, I was kind of organizing and 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 making sure that everything is moving and happening and working and and that people have classes who is teaching classes it's kind of was a a supervising position but Mm -hmm. i never was pregnant there to actually attend the classes so i was still carrying all of mine trauma in in my body so that experience of getting into complete isolation Mm. at the time of pregnancy actually was the exact manifestation of my own birth trauma it it the remember i'm saying the pregnancy activates one's birth trauma that's that's the form it took for me that everything that could be triggered was triggered and i was in that a place of unable to express myself uh, of like nobody to talk to uh, or the sense that somebody is actually caring for me mm-hmm. in a real way because yes I was safe in that ashram but there was no heart to heart connection um, yeah. the people that were there were there because they were carrying a lot of trauma too and um the two people that were assigned to be um kind of my doulas i found out later that they both at different times with different circumstances they gave away their babies because of their life circumstances and they were the ones present in my um, delivery room. When I went into labor, they were the ones who entered my space and um, kind of uh, being there. And because my labor triggered their visceral kinesthetic memory that never goes away even though it was years before but they were extremely triggered Mm -hmm. and they were just kind of clutching to each other and feverishly singing um those Indian mantras that is completely foreign to to my uh everything (laughs) everything that I am that I I could not relate. I could not receive the blessing of those ancient mantras. They were just irritating me, upsetting me, and I was I was unable to like send them away because I didn't know how to say it. Right, right. Please stop. That's beautiful, but not today.
3: <laughs> oh my god! And um, I'm remembering in the moment in the movie now though like through this lens. And for the listeners, like, because you have a very deliberate moment where you're talking about how important it is, the, the energy of the beings that you choose to allow into your birth sphere and just how monumentally important that is. So it's really interesting now to know where this is coming from from you
0: personally. Right. So there was nobody at birth that could actually help me or knew how to connect with me, how to find me in my um, cocoon of loneliness and um, like the the life and death basically situation because it doesn't get more transitory within one lifetime than that basically it was like i i I slipped into some kind of a gap Mm -hmm. in realities and i was in labor in that um complete um isolation isolation was without anybody to like see me
3: just like your birth i mean that really is mine but i mean it makes
0: total sense, but it's also just right. But at the moment, it, it was very um, surreal, wow. and it—I it, went through all the, um, you know, all the hell of <laughs> of uncertainty whether I would be able to survive the intensity of that experience, and um, my like 30 hours later my cervix was not opening it just was not opening and uh, did,
3: would, did you would you describe it um like as a as fear and my question is specific to like you know because you have witnessed all of these women having you know conscious birth and being a part of the conscious birth movement and essentially the program director like you know like orchestrator a very administrative role but also providing support you knew like from an observation or you know like from a second hand that it was possible you know that you're like that your body could do it like right. you know, so there was like was that like so your sort of like front brain is like i know i can but all the trauma is like not going to let you.
0: Right, right. There was nothing in my body, in my nervous system that prepared me to what I was experiencing in real time. And I had no idea what to do with it and how to manage the the intensity of it. And, um, and there was a, a person that was being trained to be a doula or a midwife. And she's the one who checked me. And she said that all these hours of labor later and intense contractions, uh, I was like a, a one centimeter. And she told me later that uh, at this point when she was checking me, my cervix actually closed on her finger. It's like, and it was, I, I don't know, 25 hours of contractions. Wow. And and also at that moment, one of the girls in the ashram told me that that if I will give birth right now, it will be just another, uh, like a child of another illegal immigrant because I didn't have any paperwork. I had expired visa, that's all. And she said, if you go to the hospital, she would be born in the hospital and she would be given an American birth certificate. So at this point, and also when she said that I don't have any openings and it was already at the point of like, what are we gonna do? It's getting really, um, really, Really, more than I could handle. Yeah. So they loaded me in the car and drove me to the nearest hospital. And there was uh, 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 a little fight that I had to endure with the head nurse because she was sending me to a C-section room. You know? oh. Kind of,
3: okay. oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just give me a second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Will her too? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're okay. gonna just quickly give her a C-section. It's like they're all my like mm. no way I'm mm. doing this. Uh something like the second wind opened. Yeah. You know, something in me it's like, okay, down to business. Now I, yeah. I don't have any option. I have to give birth now, or they're just gonna slice me open. And I somehow managed to completely like tune out everything and everybody and just pff, went to work and pushed that baby out. But it was, yeah.
4: it was
0: 38 hours. It was vaginal birth. Um, but it was so far from.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually, that's pretty awesome though. So you like, you like heard, you're like, okay. There was like a paperwork, which is crazy that someone would say that to you during labor. Right. Like, it's so like, why? But at the same time, maybe you know, you're like, oh, okay, well then, because was your child instantly a citizen? Isn't that how that works? Yeah. So that happened
0: for a reason. And I became the mother of American citizens. Okay. So I had some more solid ground to be in the country because at this point, okay nothing was known what's going to happen you know whether i will ever be able to go back how when you know <laughs> nothing but at least now i had some kind of you know my foot in the door and um and uh, yeah that's the the story of my birth and pretty shortly i learned english within the next year i started do- teaching classes and um offering everything I know, uh, just, you know, even though I didn't go through the experience myself, but there were still a lot of that I could connect for other people. 100%. And um, and also the experience of my own healing from this very traumatic experience um, started shaping up into like, how do you actually heal? from, from this severe intensity, you know, how do you bounce back to, um, some degree of normalcy, and, um, things just started falling into places, and one foot in front of the other, and,
3: and, um, so what year was that? What year was your daughter? That
0: was I arrived to America on October thirty first of eighty
3: nine. Eighty
0: nine. Oh, so she was born in ninety. Yeah. Yeah. So by uh, um, the birth into being was created in ninety nine, and then birth as we know it was created in two thousand six.
1: Hello, hello. Rain is here to drop a line about my program, Rebirth. All right, so for the duration of March is the early bird special to get into my program to change your life, to redevelop your relationship with your instincts and your intuition, to understand yourself from birth through life and all the way to the end of life, also known as death. (laughs) This is what my program is all about. And so March is going to be early bird admissions. April is going to be regular admissions. And then about halfway through May, uh, May 15th, is going to be the uh, final day of intake for the program. The program begins at the end of May and it's going to last for six weeks. And we are going to do it in group format. I am so delighted to bring us all together and for us to use the strength of the pack to move through rebirth um, yes together and just have an incredible metamorphosis transition into your most authentic self so links in show notes
3: join me let's do this back to the show can you tell me a couple of like the things that you specifically remember? So whether it was during like the 25 hours, you know, when you said the hell, like when I experienced hell, cause this is similar. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't have any of the work either. Surprise pregnancy. Oh shit. Let's go. You know, and we like start traveling West. We just start traveling west, meeting midwives and start to like, for me, like just started to, to know that it was possible having a baby in the hospital didn't make sense to me it just wasn't it wasn't like unless you know some like real dire reason but um but i i i, I do the mirror is that i too had a very like everything came up in my birth in wolfie's birth you know and um my own birth trauma and um relationship trauma uh, relationship with um, Damien, the Wolfie's dad, relationship with my family, you know, with my mom, with my birth, like, and I, but I do remember very, it's a similar story to Amber in the film, but sort of the dark side, you know, where she's having this, like, very, like, ecstatic sort of, you know, but she speaks about traveling up to the cosmos, and, like, the and the cyclone or the you know sort of um, how do you say it We're spiraling all, Spiraling. thank you <laughs> i'm like shing, shing, shing with my finger yes the spiraling i was doing the same thing but it was um it was it was dark for me there was some lightness like i i do feel like i i started to it was such like um it was a spiritual experience that's what i'm saying it, I like the birth of Wolfie for me was a, was a very spiritual experience I just definitely experienced this whole you know the rainbow of colors all the way into the very dark very very scary colors and so just wondering like if you can speak to that part of your experience in the birth process or maybe even like you know some wisdom from tidbits of people that you uh, that have shared with you
0: yeah um you know i don't remember any of this i was so distracted by all the mantras so all the um there was somebody in the house the bathtub was outside but somebody in the house was watching uh, some action movie and on full volume and things were exploding and shooting and and yelling, and and it was the sounds of, of uh, this like, some really crazy, <laughs> like
3: what was going on in Russia, like probably at the same time.
0: No, uh, no, it was some some fiction, some right. Some... But I'm saying like yeah with uh, oh like, yeah yeah, exactly, shot, yeah I mean, kind right. of weird, kind of weird like yeah, that what and actually uh, was happening? Uh, uh, and it it was like the the sensory overload was with my um, physical experiences with all the kind of inappropriateness <laughs> yeah. and it was a beautiful setting you know on the back deck and beautiful um view but at the same time the those terrified women and and um the sounds of one movie after another somebody was just <laughs> binging <laughs> something
3: back in the late 80s early 90s that's so shocking at an ashram when they're watching like shoot them at movies <laughs> so funny. Oh, i mean not funny but you know kind of funny in hindsight yeah but traumatic at the time yeah, yeah.
0: it's um I, I couldn't focus, I, I, I was so disoriented and kind of really suspended in some kind of inferno <laughs> that, yeah. that um, couldn't find my way out of it. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, going to the hospital was the best thing because there, all of that was tuned out. I was in my own room. And um, I was left to my own devices. And that was a blessing. <laughs> you know? It's like I could just um, focus on on giving birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I was already so tired that it it's all just a blur. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm not sure, it, but it was a threat of c section that really, like, yeah, pulled out uh the the something in I me. Mean,
3: the, yeah, the, there's a midwife around here that calls that the fetal ejection response, like, it's like that's what she calls it. It's like, again, if you kind of say, like, well, yep, we're going in, you know, the moms would be like, and just like, right, <laughs> yeah.
0: Right it was like i'm not going
3: to have it <laughs> right right exactly wow oh my gosh so amazing well thank you for sharing that um but and then but you did did you then get to have um mama baby time did you get, yeah. did you get, yeah you you were like please step aside
0: yeah uh, then i had a beautiful 40 days of of just nothing but bonding and doing yeah. and yeah. gazing and massaging and breastfeeding and all of that it was very very beautiful and they fed you nicely and it was
3: warm right it was like in the June or
0: uh, uh it was uh, april but at this point we were already in um san diego county oh, really? we moved the ashram moved okay. um three months before the birth. so yes it was beautiful it was warm and sweet and the house was in the eucalyptus forest and it was just gorgeous gorgeous beautiful
3: and that yeah that's that seems like a very divine you know like sort of ending to that
0: yeah well um yeah so that was those 40 days that were kind of prescribed by the tradition when the mama baby time but then the the people in the ashram got kind of very uneasy and um, uh, upset because they have their schedule like yoga at four and and all the you know, dharma and all the all the stuff they need to do and be mindful and meditative and and um, silent and and just be in a certain state of being. And there is a baby screaming, you know, at any time of the day or night.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, um, that they got very um, very. Uh, unhappy about me being there so i kind of was asked to leave And, um, and i didn't have anywhere to go so then i had a good year of being homeless again with a newborn and um well actually not the whole year that was uh the baby was nine months old when I got married. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs>
3: oh my God. You better be writing a book. Good old night. <laughs> I know. I was homeless. I was like nursing a baby, you know, with my breasts le- leaking. <laughs> Milk. <laughs> I managed to to get married. Wow. What on earth? I mean, how many, we're going to have to have you on this podcast like five times to get this full story. Wait, I mean, I don't even, what happened? How did you, what? Who
0: did you marry? (laughs) I don't know. It's so, yeah well that will be a really long story <laughs> all right next
3: episode will be yes elena on how to fall in love uh, when you're right. without, a, without a home breastfeeding an infant a three-month-old that is the, the yeah. elena how-to survival kit that's what you need that is the next right right there is yeah. there is the quote oh my god oh, okay well yeah. let's on the queue here i mean that mm, 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 mm. what was your process as a filmmaker uh
0: well you had a lot of questions for me so let's uh...
3: have so many well that so i feel like what was your process as a filmmaker
0: if that... process of the, fil- of the filmmaker that was a very uh also a very long Uh, process because the idea of having the the, making the film was born in um, like 86 when it's like okay somebody has to talk about it we need to start documenting it somehow but I guess
3: we should I would have to back you up though excuse me for interrupting but so I know but the listeners just in case some of them are going to have seen the film some of them are not so the predecessor to you creating this film is you in the conscious birth movement and the Baltic Sea. Can you give a little Black
4: Sea?
3: Oh, excuse me, the Black Sea. Um, can you give a little like for those who haven't seen the film?
0: There are such people.
3: <laughs> I know. God. I, I, hopefully, the like the goal is that everyone sees the film. That's the goal. Yeah so um that's part of my goal,
0: <laughs> right so uh yeah baltic sea is very cold even in the summer the black sea on the other hand down it's south cold. And for three months out of the year, it has very nice warm uh, water in the shallow lagoons. You know, if on the deep, it's still pretty cold, Mm -hmm. but where we would have a birth camp, it would be, you know, in the heat of the day, it would be almost body temperature.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: But of course at night, when, when the sun goes down, and when the most of the births were happening, that we, we wish it could be a bit warmer, but it wasn't. So
3: mm-hmm.
0: we just managed to do what we could. But also as part of preparation for um, sea birth, um, we were jumping in the frozen river in Moscow every day,
3: <laughs> all winter alone, <Yes>. <laughs> including me. Yes, um, everyone, Elena is like the female version of Wim Hof
0: and <laughs> yeah. I, well, when i lived in moscow i swam every day year round um and my apartment building was actually on the bank of moscow Moskva river and uh it's, it's uh moscow not moscow in russian oh. so um moscow so every morning i would just um, put on bathing suit and run downstairs and run to the water there was an axe in the bushes <laughs> grab an axe, break the ice <laughs> oh <my> jump, <laughs> jump in the water and Why did
3: you do that what instinctively inside of you drives you to do that?
0: well uh, it's part of Russian tradition it's part of the culture it's actually Wait, what was there was like lots of people doing this. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing new, but it was new to bring it into pregnancy because before Igor Cherkovsky, the man I was working with and who created that whole concept of water birth, mm-hmm. this is hard. Um, before that, pregnant women were never seen ice swimming. But he said that um, we need to um, do that and an um, um, unexplainable level of trust <laughs> that, that we had to have. Well, well it is an unexplainable level of trust. You know, uh, who, who in their right mind would put that first laboring woman in the water?
3: You know. <laughs> but to me, it like makes sense. It, in some <laughs> physiological way, I totally get it. You know what uh, I
0: mean? Now that you saw the videos million times and it's <laughs> everywhere, every hospital has a bathtub, you yeah. know. But in '82, it was insane, you know. Yeah. It was like, yeah. say what? Oh, <laughs> really absolutely um crazy. But Do you still, don't jump, jump in cold water. Uh, what? Like, do you still jump in cold water? Um, I don't have access to um, open, like, swimming. There, there is no swimming hole I could go to mm-hmm. right here where I live. Yeah. But um, when I do come to water where I can swim, it doesn't matter what temperature it is. Yeah. Um, I go in without any hesitation, any, like, um, oh, my God. I just <laughs> I, I
3: like go it. in and I
0: start swimming. It's it's um, that um, that never goes away. It's like riding a bicycle.
3: I'm gonna harness that within me. Yeah. Even better, five years here in Oregon, I think I'm like finally, finally getting it. Yeah, I haven't cracked the ice yet, though. Damian and his friend. Colin, they did the cracking ice and they got in it. And I was just like, that's crazy. But now that you're saying it, see, and he, I think Damien, he says that he's like, you know, when you're, when the people that you interview say stuff, you listen. But he's like, when I say it, you know, <laughs> I love you, Damien. I'm sorry. True.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, at some point um, in the, in working with pregnant women and in the process of preparation, um, women in like deep meditation were sharing the same image of their babies surrounded by dolphins. And when you live in California in a beach town, images of dolphins is kind of, you know, everywhere. it's part of the uh, environment. Mm-hmm. Not so much in Moscow, the dead of winter. You know, it's like (laughs) dolphins are not really, you know, um, have a status of conscious being in 1982 in the the mind of a Russian woman. You know, it's, uh, nobody thought of dolphins, but when enough pregnant women were sharing that um, imagery, brought out of deep tuning in with the baby there was like why are there's why there's dolphins and like recurring recurring theme that those babies somehow have uh deep connection with that spirit animal, I, I, I don't know, I've never been pregnant in Russia, so. <laughs> and right. by the time I was pregnant, dolphins, like I became one, you know, yeah, yeah. It was, it, it, I learned to swim, because before I never it, even knew how to swim,
3: yeah. so
0: with getting involved with uh, this um, kind of school of conscious birth. Uh, I learned to swim, and and at some point, Igor said, well, let's just have an expedition. Let's have a field trip. Let's all go to um, the Black Sea and find real dolphins and see who has a due date at around that time and see if they would want to give birth in the Black Sea. And it was, like, great. <laughs>
3: how how far away is that oh i'm so it's a
0: two-hour flight straight south okay yeah so uh it took a few years to manifest the the first reality of it uh figuring out you know (laughs) what it takes and prepare people because it's not like uh, you can grab anybody and, and put them in the black sea and say give birth here yeah actually that there was no plan b there was no like uh, a nearby hospital so we needed to figure out what needs to happen that everyone involved has enough confidence and and strength and like physical strength and personal power and emotional stability and uh that level of like unshakable um, knowing that everything will be fine. Mm. And um, that was a very interesting journey to go from that place of being completely terrified of giving birth, Mm -hmm. programmed into every one of us, to uh, coming to a place that, oh sure, piece of cake, you know, nothing can possibly go wrong. So, the trust it's just amazing yeah looking back i was like oh god <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> i'm so grateful oh my god <laughs> <Those are> amazing
0: <laughs> but um but it was done and it was done every year and it was a hundred percent success wow. we never had even as much as a tear wow and i would it, love to just-
3: can you say that again, please? Just one more time for the listeners. <laughs> I'd like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like, hear that on loop. <laughs> Christiana, can you make a little like, drop a beat on that? Never. 100% success. Yeah. Single tear. Yeah. And that's what can happen when...
0: And uh, of course, the absence of plan B factors in, actually, from what I understand. Because, wow. you know, I, I had a friend who was... Um, a circus high trapeze uh, acrobat Mm -hmm. and I asked her once like what happens if you don't have a net underneath and she looked at me like then we just don't fall right yes
3: I just got chills everywhere
0: yeah it, it was the a very different level of of um digging deep <laughs> it's different level of connection with the body with the nature with the supreme intelligence that is in charge <laughs> yes yes well, yeah do you know sister morning star
3: what do you know sister morning star she's a midwife like a traditional in Missouri but she's kind of she's sort of international and, and in, a, in a very like conscious birth I don't think she uses the words I mean, I'm sure she has said that before but anyway she's she always says well just imagine you're giving birth on an island what option do you have that's it <laughs> and, and that's exactly where we were yeah <laughs> uh, exactly <right. laughs> yes but that and that's so yeah you just don't fall I mean that is so it's such a cool
0: perspective shift. Right. And the thing is, it's not kind of fair statistics too, because um, it's only the like Russian birthing Olympics, uh, kind of the the special team of women who went there in the first place, you know, it's not like, uh, uh, like take Jane Smith and place her there. they knew where they're going and, yes. and it had to be uh, that level of confidence um in the first place yeah yeah and the the problem was very powerful of preparation um and you know hindsight i wish i i went through it but right I got catapulted to America in the very beginning of my own pregnancy. So there was never um, any support. And the whole pregnancy, I was never seen by a doctor, by a nurse, by there was never an ultrasound. I didn't have any kind of regular um, support established, you know, didn't have any insurance, I didn't have any money. So, um, that that wasn't part of the equation. But the, the thing is, a lot of, of my layers and layers of trauma of my own making kind of got burnt through my own giving birth. But then a very interesting thing happened when I was working on birth as we know it. Uh, It kind of repeated in a a much softer, very mild um, form. I had to go through this initiation of giving birth to something that triggered uh, a lot of points, but then the way I was working with those triggers actually became the script of the movie. Because the original script of the film, it was like 62 pages of text. Mm-hmm. And what you hear now, only like a couple of paragraphs of that um, are in the film. Wow. The way... Um, the narration was happening, I was going through the most intense experiences while working on that film. Mm. And every day I would go for a walk and like reflect in, in the meditation to be able to summarize what's happening with me like with 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 birthing this film what's happening with it how this film has its own self organizing power and how it wants to be birthed a very specific way and i had to like anchor through my body anchor that new birthing paradigm and articulate verbalize it but also put all the logistics together i had like 100 hours of video footage that I needed to um, get into one hour.
3: And how do
0: you decide like which pieces to
3: do? you did that? You like edited it? That was you?
0: Well, uh, I don't have a technical editing, but I I had a guy who was pushing the buttons and knew how to put together. But I was um, like making the decisions on... Um, you know, yes, no, yes, no. it stopped here and uh, let's put filters here. Let's remove all the filters here. let's mm-hmm. uh, let's put this uh, in that order, like in what order and it would come up and and the flow and the, the music. and then, uh, the thing is, um everything that could possibly go wrong did. <laughs> <laughs> like
3: film in the making of the film. Yeah, stop. Oh, my God, this is amazing.
0: (laughs) It it was it took two years. I thought it would be like three months project. It took two years because, well, it it was mystical and magical and loaded by just the most unbelievable coherency, how the pieces were coming together. And yet at the same time, where you won't expect it, there would be like pfft, this um, kind of big explosion that would like destroy everything. For example, you know, here I am um, just, you know, I, I was just full-time mom, full-time wife. I didn't have any of my own money, but I had this um, like intention, of making this film, because the first film Birth into being uh, that kind of uh, ran away. It, it was not what it was meant to be. I didn't get to have my say. Uh, I, I didn't get to infuse it with everything. It was like hired uh, journalist who wrote the script, and 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 it was uh, it was a runaway bunny kind of left me very um um upset uh livid maybe but (laughs) but there was nothing i could do it was it was kind of snatched from from me and it it was kind of adopted a 25-minute version of a an hour-long Russian version that was called Novi Svet. It was a Russian documentary that that, uh, I wanted to bring into the the English-speaking audience. Uh, But my English still wasn't good enough, and I didn't have any money, so I had to ask for it. Mm -hmm. But then the the people who I asked kind of uh, took over. So uh, it was not what I wanted and and I never agreed with that. I I always uh, had in mind that I will um, redo the whole project and and say everything I wanted to say. Um, And in 2004, I was at a at a Christmas party, actually. <laughs> and, and one of the guests there was this beautiful, beautiful uh, Scottish lady. She was actually a lady, yeah. um, Cecily Kate Borthwick. And um, we had a, a really beautiful, sweet connection. And I shared with her my, my dream of making this movie. That it's like my my heart's desire to, to create the movie that I have in mind since 86. And that resulted first in that noise hit, but it was also done when I was already not there. Uh, it, it was done without my participation. There was all the, um, all the uh, ca- camera work was there and I had all the footage. But uh, the narration had a lot of Russianisms, a lot of very specific things that are uh, kind of uh, uh, not very interesting for American audience. And and also a, a lot of stuff was missing. By the time I gave birth myself, I realized what was needed in that film, like how I can say it now with with having my own experience of going through that much of, um, incongruency and hardship w- what what worked for me and I wanted to say all of that and but I didn't have any money and, and I didn't have any editing skills any experience, I, I didn't know where to begin, how to do it so that was that meeting a year later this woman calls me one day and says, I just inherited a bit of money and I would like to insert every penny of it into your project. Do you still want to do this? And I'm like, Am I dreaming? It's like. <laughs> so um, we started working together and she hired uh, a, a an an amazing editor that has all the rank and credential and award winning national geographic kind Mm -hmm. of, uh, uh, amazing editor. Mm -hmm. And, um, she was helping me and working with the editor. She was commuting because that editor lived in Nevada city and the, the Kate lived in Marine. So she was commuting to work hours and hours. She spent, um, editing that, um, thing while I was doing my birth into being workshops and trainings and I was traveling all the time Mm -hmm. so every few months I would see what they're doing and uh give my recommendations um and take off again because I had a full schedule I was like nonstop traveling and uh, teaching and um 11 months into it and forty thousand dollars of Cecily Cates um, into paying that editor. I um, I was looking at the what they're doing, and it's already forty minutes, mm. and it's a National Geographic movie. How to get from Moscow to the Black Sea? There was nothing. It's forty minutes already, and there is nothing about birth about. and i was like no no what's happening here it's not a national geographic movie it's a birth movie and the editors said, "Well, no, at first it's just too messy. We would never be able to enter any of the documentary, um, you know, festivals. Uh, nothing, nothing that um, you know. It, it can and the footage is so archival and bad quality. We can't really use any of it. And, and, mm. and it." some point i just had to put my foot down and um basically um fire her because she was trying to fire me she was trying to lose me like all that nonsense all this russian stuff and i was like no that's my movie it's it's (laughs) it's not your toy it's something that is vitally necessary to happen that birth documentary at any given point in all those years i knew the, the 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 sheer need the necessity of me doing this work it was like i was driven and it was this whole situation really activated the mama bearing me mm. i was like Yeah, well, I guess at some point they will give something to me that I need. And and then there was a point when like, roar came out of me. Yes, you're like. (laughs) All this like exploded and um, she got fired, but she still got paid and Cecily Cade ran out of money. And that's all she had because we thought that it would be like half of that money and half of that time that we would have the movie. And it just went on and on and on. And we don't have a movie and the money ran out. Right. And on top of it, she wouldn't give me my um, originals. Somehow she. She was like holding them ransom. Rooted into that project that she somehow made it her own she claimed it i have to say that this work really uh kind of triggers that um i would say it's a harem mentality you know <laughs> I'm, wow. I'm the one and uh, um it's the the possessiveness and um you know i'm the first uh, um concubine i i don't know it's like it's mine the the precious It's my precious (laughs) so um it it took like three months to get the materials out of her but i had to sign the paper that she sent me with her lawyers that i will never mention her name that because it will be a piece of crap that she can't be associated with and that um and that um she would give me my all my materials you know that i came, brought from russia uh, if i don't use any of the edits that she got paid for you know it's like really uh was um uh, really bizarre situation that knocked me out of my kilter for a while. But uh, a few months later, I st- do we still have time? I mean, this oh, is yeah. very detailed okay. description. You're,
3: you're
0: <laughs> but uh, I I gave up. Uh, like, what can I do? I I ran out of money. Cecily Kate lost all her inca- inheritance, and um, and. We can't use any of the footage, and it was kind of very uh, upsetting. Yeah. But a few months later, I am um, at another party. I just got parties <laughs> more often, <more> yeah. <laughs> and there is this young lad um uh, saying that uh, he just casually mentions that he is uh, an editor and uh, out of projects right now, and um, Does't have much to do and just hanging there and here, and blah 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 blah. And I said, I have a project for you. <laughs> and, um, if you do want to do it pro bono, um, it might make some money. I, I don't know. it might not, but it might. Yeah. And uh, um, if you want, I can kind of show you the originals. He took the bite. He saw some of the raw footage and it's like yeah i have nothing to do anyway so let's make it happen and uh we started working on it just the two of us already uh because um kate manifested her uh lifelong dream and uh, while working on the first episode she met the love of her life they're still married and uh, got pregnant and it's like it was a very beautiful experience to see this woman just coming into her womanhood. Um, it was pretty late in life, and she was never married before. And she wanted to uh, be a wife and a mom since she was like five, and here all this. I take all the credit for it, of course. <laughs> it it happens. I have. Seventeen office assistants throughout the years of me running the birth into being international, okay. that would come to me with this like, yeah, we're gonna take this organization to like, yeah, rah rah, and yeah. the first thing <laughs> they get pregnant. And they get pregnant.
3: Oh so, my god. Well, yeah. I mean, exactly. Your film. Wow. Definitely. Yeah. I-
0: uh, it was a like a, a standard joke that the best infertility um, uh, remedy go go Walk get home. an assistant job. Oh. <laughs> That's of, amazing. Next one, next one. It's just really, really um, kind of a happening thing. <laughs> but but anyway, she was out of the picture, and I was. Um, uh, working with uh, Skylar at this point on the edit of Birth as We know the, the way you see it now. Mm-hmm. Um but having said that again it, it just started going into uh like the most surreal situations. For example, um there is 32 uh tracks in the movie. Uh every track was generously donated by the most amazing talented genius musicians that would just get um, get into this like mode of I'll sign off any piece of music you want just it's an honor to be a part of it so one of them um, also gifted me with four tracks that were beautiful and Skylar edited the footage to them and that's the thing with editing you edit to the music because right. you can't tweak the footage but you can't tweak the music right. so you edit to the uh, music and um, and at some point when there was already a chain of episodes I send it to the, this musician to show him how beautifully his music is being used and um, I was just so proud I was like we're making this progress and, and it's like oh yeah yeah, yeah." and the next thing I get a letter from his lawyer if I won't remove his music from this disgusting um, revolting yeah. you know God offending movie uh, he's gonna sue the crap out of me oh, it, it was such a low blow and I was like what? it was like so much work. It was like few months of work to edit the, that chunk, you know, of, of um, it was like 16, 17 minutes. And um, I couldn't even understand what's happening. What do you not like, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that between the episodes where his music is used, what the, was the scene of circumcision and he took it so personal he thought that i'm mocking all the people who are dedicated their children to god and and um it was just he took it so deeply um to like he thought i'm dangerous you know i should be burnt at the stake he went full-blown like witch hunt yeah Yeah. and it went like if he could burn me at the stake right then and there he would have it it was like this not only uh, fiscal attack but psychic attack it was so intense i i um was just completely uh, again thrown off kilter and uh, i i uh, i I had no concept that somebody could behave like that or that somebody could not see how circumcision could be um harmful to a child like see, and
3: I would go I would venture to say that that reaction I mean it's is it really what they're saying, you know, or is it? No, it turns out that
0: it was a a big uh, story of the struggle he had with his wife who didn't allow him to circumcise. And their baby was already a year and a half when he uh, basically um, lied to his wife and um, took his baby boy and circumcised him against his wife's um um decision and choice and wish, and it went wrong. It, he was dealing with dire consequences of that um, amputation. And it was like the 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 peak of their conflict, He was insisting on the righteousness of his action and decision and uh, they were basically at a breaking point it was very intense i didn't know any of that i had
3: no clue the divinity in this story is out of control whatever please listeners whatever your relationship to spirit is universe cosmos whatever you want to call it nature mother nature i mean god whatever the word this is like when you are on when you are following your authentic path this is the stuff that happens and i love that what you're saying because there it's not just like a rainbows and sunshine story you're up against you know like triumph after you know your face gets then slammed in the mud again and then you get pulled back up again and then you go and then you get slammed again i mean that's actually the truth of of divine life
0: you know and it's also when you live your life as a shamanic journey, that's what happens. It, the, the initiation after initiation is going to show up in your face. The moment you integrate the previous one, the next one is ready. And, but what are the options, right?
1: Hello, hello. Rain again. Just here to drop a line about my masterclass. So I'm sponsoring myself for my free masterclass. If you are interested in healing yourself, in understanding yourself, in deepening your relationship with your instincts and intuition, this is step one of working with me. Head over to my website, watch my masterclass for free, and feel out sort of the roots the foundations to what it means to work with me all right back to the show
0: and the whole story um like it, it took a while because we had to you know start over again <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah and that was after the when my editor saw the original footage of circumcision which is not one minute like in the film it's 28 minutes of pure agony of that poor baby that is just screaming bloody murder and then he checks out he is just literally just passes out from the intensity of it and it's all recorded and the doctor's voice over that see he just fell asleep he doesn't really feel anything and because there is a whole bunch of students standing around learning how to do that it's the original footage is the most nerve-wracking excruciating just um i couldn't watch it i couldn't watch it but uh, i was like Hyperventilating and tapping, and like it, it. Again,
3: any mother, any biological mother. I just don't. Know. Uh,
0: I even right now remember.
3: Yeah. <laughs> How can we do that to our children?
0: Yeah, it. I. I don't know. It's beyond me. It's beyond me. But uh when he saw the raw footage he freaked out actually yeah. because that was done to him and he had no idea he had no idea that he went through that so he watched it and then i lost him for 3 months turns out he went on a binge he just he couldn't cope with it i had no idea that that will have that effect on him you know how would i know right um, but we watched it together. I didn't know what's in that footage. It's Marilyn Miles, bless her heart, the, the, the nurse from Kaiser Hospital. She took it with um hidden camera and shared it with me generously for my film. Um, I never even had a concept of circumcision. I had no idea. Because in Russia and Europe, men are not circumcised. Right. The first time I... I Met a circumcised grown up man in America. And um, that was a shock. Like, (laughs) Americans have different anatomy. Whoops. Oh.
3: (laughs) Right. And then you find out, like, wait a second, someone cut. That's what's so, and I love in in your film how you refer to it as um, like
0: penis reduction surgery. Well, that's what it's called. i, I not I don't refer it. it. that's what the medical uh, name of that procedure. Oh. penis reduction surgery.
3: It's so interesting to me because then you have like this entire culture that's like fanatically freaking out that their penises are too small. Like I'm actually blessed to be working with our urologist right now, and he's told me that um that like most of his male clients are all you know, like, concerned that they're, that they're on, like, the dangerously small side or something, and is, and it's so interesting to me, you know, if that's, a, if that's really a concern, why would you reduce the size of the penis?
0: That's a whole other subject, I could tell you why, but then this interview would never end. <laughs>
3: totally. Don't worry. I'm going to <laughs> beg I'm gonna beg to come back. I'm no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do it in person. I'm going to come see you. That's what's going to happen. Okay. Well, don't, so you got at least just finish telling us like how the film finally
0: comes through to fruition. Great. Right. The two
3: versions.
0: So, uh I um... Couldn't find the guy. Again, he has all my originals in his studio. He has all my stuff, all the edit of few months of working on the film. And I can't find him. He's not answering my calls. Uh, he's not home. His mom is freaking out because he, she doesn't know where he is. And, um, and it was very intense. It was like talking about triggers, right? It's huh. like, Second time, I'm losing control of my <laughs> film and my originals. And I don't know where we're standing if he will ever come back to it. And, and it was like, really intense. But, um, you know, three months later, I gave up. And throughout the, the making of the film, I was brought to my knees and complete surrender. Like, I gave up on finishing that movie six times that six times i came to a point of saying this cannot be done
3: yeah
0: it's like i i can't do it i i cannot do it it's it, it's just beyond me who am i it, it's it's i'm just you know just me it, how am i supposed to deal with the whole you know all the forces that are invested in keeping women powerless and, and miserable. If if they're now conspiring to to prevent me from finishing this film, it actually was on that level. I felt like I was like on some hero's journey.
4: <laughs>
0: you know, it, it felt very archetypal. It felt very epic. The 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 every step of the way,
4: mm-hmm.
0: I was feeling literally that I was um, like, in Im- Im- embodying something with, that was time to to birth. Yeah, it was really like, it couldn't have been a year earlier. Because right. even a year earlier, I wouldn't have been able to say it the way I was able to say it in the film because I wasn't ready to like, craft the words that way. Exactly. And uh, that's when I realized that I am eternally grateful for Birth Into Being not being what I needed it to be because I didn't know how to say it in those days. In 99, I was not ripe enough right. to, to, to create a direct transmission. The, the film is a direct transmission of dehypnotizing anybody who's watching it. it it's um, I had to grow into that. Into that, like I had I had to grow that organ in me <laughs> that mm-hmm. would be able to, to, to do it because um, I was still kind of, uh, um, you know, my child was still young, I was still in the mama mode. Um, I didn't know yet many things that I knew by 2006. And my English wasn't good enough yet. And and it, it it I just wasn't ready. But Birth into Being was already doing its magic, the, the documentary Birth into Being. It was already all over the world. Um and it was already um transmitting what the, the magic right. of of tanya giving birth solo all by herself smiling as the baby emerging you know that is already contaminating the mass mentality on all all five continents Woo! and the fact that it wasn't what i wanted was actually keeping me brewing it kept me uh, kept me like gestating towards that version of me that was able to to anchor that information and that quality of transmission that the film possesses and i even having said that i can't even like take credit for it because the that that which was coming through was making me while i was making it it was like the 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 highest form of creativity that um, that, I was just allowing something that needed to happen to happen through me. It was pure service. It was uh, commitment, dedication, focus. There was like um, 100% of me participated in that. And it took all I've got, honestly. It took every bit of my personal power, of my intimate direction, di- direct connection with the, the supreme intelligence. It took everything I am and t- to overcome all those circumstances. Because when I found the guy, I, I went and just cleaned him up and begged him to come back and promised that he would never see that piece of footage ever again. I had to find somebody else to edit that one minute of, uh, in, um, in the film, there is only one minute of circumcision, but in the bonus features, there is five minutes of that video. So I hired somebody else who was completely like, checked out and dissociated, circumcised, Mm-hmm. uh man but who was kind of dissociated to the degree that he was able to work with that footage mm-hmm. he never flinched he never frowned he just saw his, uh, he watched it and i was like what is he gonna, you like- gonna run away <laughs> too yeah <laughs> 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 i'm oh am I gonna lose you <laughs> no no he he watched it and with this poker face said so yeah. what how many minutes does it need to be and i said one minute and five minutes and he said, okay, I will contact you next week and next week I had the <laughs> one minute and five minutes and Skylar only needed to like connect the edges <laughs> without looking <laughs> oh, That's yeah. That yeah, that was um, you know and that basically happened over and over and over and over again when when things would just go to the point that it seems like, um, you know, in, impasse. Like we okay, we hit another impasse. Mm-hmm. I would give up, go for a few months, do my thing, live my life, and a few months later, it will brew itself to the place where the 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 unstoppable force of the birthing vortex would just break the dam and um, keep going keep flowing where it needs to flow
3: i mean man if the listeners haven't already just stopped listening to us talking and like started watching the film like (laughs) you know it's it's because and as i'm looking at my notes you know what was your process as a filmmaker and what you basically just said is like it did take a hundred percent of you but also it's like it wasn't even you it's like you channeling and and yeah. it, and to me like I kind of I guess I kind of knew you were going to say it of course in this so eloquent and like long story version we're so honored to have it and but it's it's really apparent that it's divine work like that it is being spoken through you, Um, you know, and I don't want to lose anybody, but like just if you, if you listen to us and you're like, what are these people talking about? Just go watch it and like see and feel how your life changes forever, whether you want to have children or not, whether you have them already or you never want to or anything in between. It's because to me, it all goes back to the fact that we're all born. Like you don't get you don't get to have this life without having a birth story. Right. How is it that you want your birth story to be, you know? Yeah. Right?
0: And the the narration that if you write the the script um when we finished the movie somebody wanted to translate it and um said please send me the text of the narration and Skylar and I realized that we don't have the text of narration because every morning, I I had a camera set up at home and every morning I would go for a walk and meditate in the, like sitting on a tree and um, would come back and record my voice with the like the summary of everything I was going through. I would literally just articulate the related to birth birthing this project and then skyler would find a place in the in the footage where he could insert that bit of the um so that sound bit yeah. and the first version the sound was like so choppy because it was all recorded in different days and different background noises it was really like really bad but there was no script there was no text according to which we would you know craft the episodes it was
3: I was gonna ask you that and I feel like that's so awesome to know because it doesn't seem like scripted it it feels different like
0: it feels different than scripted yeah, there there was no uh, understanding how to say all of it in in like in text. Everything I wrote, I had a script, mm-hmm. but as I said, uh, only a couple of paragraphs that uh, in the very end got used. Mm-hmm. The ending was like the crescendo. That's what got used from all the <laughs> script that I wrote, and the say C-section uh, scene. It was two pages of text, and it was like this dry academic text about C-section. What happens, you know, percentages, the the stats, the 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 procedure, what it is, and all the text that I wanted to uh, um, deliver. People, why is natural birth better than C-section? All those like very um, well written text, and then it was like, I can't say any of this while I'm showing C-section. It's like, and I can't speak over any births, but then I don't have, if I'm not saying it over C-section, how, where, what am I going to show when I'm saying all this text? And it was like, I couldn't understand how how to explain what happens with a baby when there is C-section. And then it's like, Oh heck with it! And I just sit there and share the story about the uh, butterfly emerging from a cocoon, and instead of two pages of uh, dry um, information, mm, anybody sense. can relate to that.
3: Yeah, it's. Hey, um, I want to share with you and the listeners this connection. So, I was a cesarean birth baby, and um as a in the first grade i went to an episcopal school for like pre-k through eighth grade so i was in this sort of like brother sisterhood with this small group of students um but every morning we processed into this large church that was like almost like a small cathedral like you know the way it looked this is in new orleans and um I was in first grade, and I know I was in first grade because I'm sitting in the very front row, and the first graders at in the front, second, third, fourth, and so on. And so, and the, the priest that day, shout out Chip Bristol, um, was this younger, pretty hip, cool guy. Um, but, and he was sitting like normally when we processed into the church, there was or, like organ music playing. But this day it was completely silent, which was very strange. And we process in and Chip Bristol is sitting in his, you know, priest garb, but Indian or crisscross applesauce, you know, legs crossed, seated with his hands in mudra. And I was sitting directly in front of him, like very close. And I sat and I did the same thing. Like I just something instinctually told me to do the same thing. He told that story the story that you tell of the butterfly in the cocoon. He told that story as his like sermon of the day or whatever, that, that part. And then afterward, and, and I it, it ripple affected me. I never forgot that story. And I didn't, I think at that moment, know that I was a cesarean birth, like for my mom or anything, but every cell in my body knew that I was, and every cell in my body knew that I resonated with that story. And, um, he actually then later, like after we processed out, he went and grabbed my arm and he was like, "Were you making fun of me when you were, you know, mocking, sitting in that position? And I was like, no, I thought you, I thought it was an invitation for us to sit like that. And he was like, oh, well, I guess it was, excuse me. And it was just this really like bizarre, you know, kind of like you say, surreal, um, moment where it was just it's all of a sudden there was like a spirituality and like a in the spiral that sort of vortex that came right down into that seedling of my story and then um it would just echo throughout my life and so when when this is at that moment in your film i mean i lost it the first time i watched it i was i mean i think the first 10 times i watched it i was bawling crying throughout this whole um you know uh circumcision and cesarean section so um again for listeners like it's heavy but don't hold yourself back from knowing the truth of what's happening to all of the infants that are being born in most um most western societies i just i wanted to share that with you because i just feel so connected yeah amazing and <laughs> so back to here we go finish line um
0: well um um just want to mention one more thing what happened after it was finally finished because when we were making it I had no idea if I would ever make any a a dollar off of it you know it's like I was making it because I could not not make it it was like I was so pregnant with the whole thing. I needed to give birth <laughs> and and it's like, it was not optional. I had yeah. to make it. Yeah. And, uh, and um, just as we sent the movie to print to the factory, a few things happened literally within a week. First of all, Kate um, contacted me, you know, all this time later uh, and said that she's in a really critical financial situation and um, I somehow need to manifest giving her the money back that she invested in the film. that was our agreement. And um, she showed me her papers and she was basically living off of credit cards uh, at 29% interest. <laughs> And it was accumulating um, just catastrophically. And she was so far in debt. She she really needed the money. And I was like, oh my God. And then Skylar needed to get paid, you know, even though he said pro bono when I will start. But when am I going to start making money off it after paying Kate? When is he going to see his money? And it was like just as the film went to print. I was all of a sudden uh, like crushed with Mm -hmm. the desire to manifest a hundred thousand dollars because I needed to pay them both. And and, uh, at the same time I gave the uh, raw copy just like homemade copy to my neighbor who happened to have uh, a very close connection to somebody who was right at that moment, um, finalizing the set of speakers on a a Congress for Human Rights in Seattle in uh, the university in Washington. And it was a big international Congress on Human Rights. And my neighbor sent the video like overnighted to her friend, she watched it right away
3: uh, Oh, my printer went on, sorry.
0: Is yeah. it too loud for you? Oh, it's okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so, and this person, uh, uh, oh, actually, Marilyn Miles is the one who sent me the footage on circumcision, right? Oh. She was the one of the organizers. Uh, she was presenting on human rights of um, babies at that uh, human rights congress. And she watched it because the, um, the, but I I didn't even, I wouldn't even think myself to uh, send it to her. It's like, you know, yeah. there was so much happening. It just, yeah. I moved at some point, but not right away. Right. But that what happened was that my neighbor was going there and she said, Marilyn, you should include this somehow in the program because this is like, the, the 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 time bomb it's, it's gonna it's gonna hit the spot and Marilyn of course the congress was next weekend and all the program was already uh, set c- carved in stone but yeah. what she did was she, that she sent everybody like corrected version of the program with my talk and the film screening uh every day of the congress during lunch oh nice it was right in uh 2006 when the movie was not even out of print yet right Uh, in in august of uh 2006 that's a hell of a pre screen yeah Yeah. so i grabbed a ticket and flew to seattle and every lunch i was showing um, um the film and talked and the first lunch break, it was like 20 people with their, you know, lunches sitting there. The next day, there was maybe a hundred people.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: The uh, All the other days, the place was packed with people standing. In, it was this gigantic uh, auditorium, and it was just standing room only. People were just standing in the aisles. And every day when the lights will go on after the movie there would be like not one dry face There would just be tears glistening on all the faces. it was the the christening of my film the first public viewing of my film and standing ovations and and um it, it would be just such a, an amazing experience for me because I was just making it because I needed to make it and all of a sudden there is hundreds of people standing ovation and people are just coming to me uh, uh, during the breaks to just shake my hand give me a hug just touch me you know just really like give me their cards uh asking when they can buy the film It, it was this really well, I guess I've done something right.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, how does that feel? I mean, I, I mean,
0: like we can. Right. And it was literally the first uh, moment after sending the, the, the film to print. And um, it was that moment when I learned that I need to, uh, a whole bunch of money. And I was like in that where, where can I get the money? Where can I get the money? Because I didn't know how long it would take and, and d- 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 <laughs> didn't get that much money, you know. And Kate was in a dire situation. And uh, in one of the breaks, this uh, very distinguished looking older gentleman approached me during the break, uh, right after the movie. And I could see he is still, his face is still wet. And he goes, um, I am Dr. Denniston. And I founded the organization, Doctors Opposing Circumcision. And I can attest that your film is making and will make uh, a thousand times more impact in, in this, my, my cause than my whole organization and all its years of existence. And, yeah. and uh, I need to help you. I need to help you. Like, what do you need? What 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 do you need? Yeah. And I am like looking at him and he's got this big, <laughs> really <laughs> beautiful person. Like I could see the how deeply he's touched and the, the tears and, and and I'm like, do you have any money?
4: <laughs> oh <laughs> oh
0: <that's awesome. laughs> And he said, Yes, how much do you need? He says George, who became my dear friend, of course, and I'm like blubbering something for the next half an hour. uh, You know that anything will help, and five dollars, twenty dollars, like anything you
3: can. No, no, no. What do you actually
0: need? (laughs) (laughs) Just like pulling teeth out of me, you know, trying to get out of me the actual number. And it's like, oh, that's too much. No, It's like, I can't even say it. It's like,
3: anything will help. So all this is, a, I'm losing my patience, lady.
0: <laughs> Tell me <laughs> what you need. And I am telling him how much he needs. Without any hesitation, without any, like, he pulls out a checkbook and writes me a check for the whole amount.
4: The divine. It's,
3: that's
0: why. And here I am, I'm standing with this check, uh, like downstruck is not an. <laughs> right. Describing my is <laughs> not describing my feelings. It's it's like what just happened.
3: What gosh doesn't that does it feel right surreal? But then yeah, oh, like so there's such a like a rightness or like a yeah like a harmony that just i mean it seems like this orchestra you know that you've been conducting for years for yeah. your whole life literally since you were
0: since the moment
3: of your conception like this is the yeah is the first show
0: and i i'm still like is it fake like that can yeah. be real <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're like having nervous, like you're gonna to go to the bank, and they're like, "Oh, right, yeah."
0: And it was, you know, the last day of the congress, which is Sunday, and then I flew to flew home. It was before cell phones when I could just, you know, deposit check on my phone. Right. I had to go home, go to my bank, deposit the check, and then you know, a couple of days of like waiting for it to clear. <laughs> And then you have to write the, or then you get to write the check. And then it cleared. And then the next thing, next day, I wrote a check to Kate and to Skylar. And then it's like, where did you get the money? And it's like, you wouldn't believe. I'm not even going to tell you because I wouldn't believe. (laughs) (laughs) This is
3: what I'm, this is so like, thank you for, or driving at home, or whatever. I mean, whatever. I don't even know how to say what just happened in this storyline, except for this is a reoccurring storyline for those who are really living in their truth and really showing up and really doing the, the divine work. And, or, I mean, you know, like it's, oh. <laughs>
0: You have no idea. This is such like- That's
3: just the beginning, right? I mean, it's literally like the, the first minute the video,
0: the film comes out. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's. Uh, I'm like a, a poster child of how magical the universe is.
3: Yeah. Did you take it to film festivals? Did that end up happening?
0: Uh, yeah 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 but i think we're like two and a half I know.
3: I know i know okay yeah so we do have to wrap up because yes i mean it's and we'll just have to invite you back because we didn't we literally we tapped we touched on three bullet points <laughs> yeah. but i love it and i actually i think i can't remember it was an email when you were like we'll see if two hours does it <laughs> It was in an email we'll see where two hours gets us but Thank you so much for sharing this time with me and, and the listeners and sharing this vulnerability and all of and the truths and the hardships and the and the golden moments. I mean, it's just so for the listeners, um, I mean, I think at the end it's like, you know, one of three things or something that I don't know. But I mean, what is it? Watch the film. <laughs> if you haven't watched the film, watch the film. <laughs> And if you want more, watch the editor's comments.
0: Uh, director's commentary, actually my favorite part of the, the film, when it was hard copy DVD, it was all on one DVD, the feature film, the director's commentary, which is 73 minutes. And then all the bonus features that were almost uh, like an hour and a half. Yeah, but now I don't have any hard copies anymore. They all got burned. My uh, My home got burned. In paradise, um, with the office, with all the where all the stock was, and um, I decided not to make any more hard copies. So now it's a separate downloads, Uh, and that's another whole story. That because I drove for twenty minutes through open flames, through like the walls of fire, and it, it does something to you. When I came on the other side. The, the sense of liberation and, and complete like freedom like that i never experienced the, the the that that overwhelming sense of freedom it's actually a sense yeah it's uh whoever said we have five senses lied
3: lied so many lies <laughs> i know it's like usually yeah.
0: like ten yeah, it well, was and for those
3: experience. and for those who don't know so Elena's in southern Oregon and southern Oregon likes to catch on fire a lot. And
0: so we had another fire burning 80% of the new town where I finally settled and bought a house and 2 months later 80% of that town got burned. So I had those another close encounter. By my house didn't burn this time and um I am I am settled nicely. And, and your mom lives with you, right? Yeah, and my mom, <laughs> is well, with a... me. I brought her to live with me. Yeah. And my kids live here in Medford and my grandchildren. And we're all like a cluster here. And finally, I have time for my family that I didn't have because I was teaching in 58 countries in the last 20 years before the lockdown. And uh, which means that my family did not see me. And uh, now they have as much of me as they want.
3: Uh, Well, okay. So I'm I'm going to put links up in the show notes or Christiana, Amazing Human, and Amber. We'll get them all up there. Um, But so uh, Elena is teaching in Germany um, this coming year. Right. But then sort of
0: the other. Yeah, the other place this year's training, the Germany canceled our the, uh, the venue canceled our event and then Oregon canceled our event. So none of my planned um, 2021 events happened, but I still have events on the schedule for 22 and 23. And uh, we'll see where we land with um, this crazy stuff going on. So, say the least, but we won't talk another two hours about that. <laughs> no, no, no. no. We're going to say bye now. And it bye was my now. pleasure sharing uh, the my stories because normally I don't really have um, in my courses, there is no time to talk about you know, me. And so, um, it, that was fun.
3: Thank oh, <laughs> such, a, such a complete honor to be on this end. Um, yeah, I mean, I having Elena call me back uh, and leave a voicemail on my cell phone, like, uh, and it's like Beyonce calling me. I mean, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> oh my God. And my, my son, Wolfie's like, mommy, are you okay? I was like, oh, it's Elena. I was like, it's babies. And he was like, what? He calls Elena's film babies and requests to watch it on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, um, I don't sing as well though. <laughs>
3: Oh, you're, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, but you dance as well. I dance better. Yes, yes. (laughs) All right. So if you're digging on Elena, check out the show notes. She's going to be available there in multiple, multiple fashions. So thank you so much for everything you have ever done and everything you will do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And thank you. That's great that you're doing it. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. As (laughs)
3: Do, 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 do. As <laughs> the Hawaiians say, a because I know this isn't our last time. This is just the beginning. Yeah, it's very necessary. To do. All
0: right, bye. All right, Mwah. ciao, ciao. Thank you.
2: All right, podcast listeners, so much appreciation for your continued support of the show. I hope you enjoyed, Elena. And all of her wisdom and insight. And again, just the deep connection to Mother Russia and Ukraine at this moment. We must remember that our Earth, our planet is one giant organism. And really like nothing that happens on the planet doesn't affect us. Or that was a double negative. Let me rewrite that. Everything that happens on the planet affects all of us. Whether we're consciously aware of it or not. So um, pray for the conflict to be resolved peacefully, quickly. Um, Thank you, Elena, for spending all this time with me. It was so fun getting to connect with you. I mean, absolutely. um, Just really one of the greatest conversations of my whole life. Um, And I look forward to having more with you and so we here at the rain studios podcast are sending special love to your friends and family um in russia and those in ukraine as well and just everyone being affected um at this time all right thanks again everyone until next time